0: Swung on, hit in the underneath right, that ball is high, it is far, it is gone! Welcome! A Stantonian home run! To the 161st Street Berkshire's Row Podcast! A Judgian blast! All rise! Here comes the judge! Featuring your host, Wes and hi guys it is Sunday February 24th 2019 Welcome to 161 Murderous Row Pod with your host, I, Wesley Segundo, and my partner, brother, and co-host, Shukri Wright. And welcome to episode two of Murder Row's podcast, episode number two, 30-day Ellsbury list. Now, yesterday was the preseason opener of spring training for the Yankees and the Red Sox as the first official preseason game. Well, it was a good game. Back and forth, not what we expected for the outcome. What are your thoughts?
1: Considering that it was the first spring training game, I'm not overly concerned, upset, disappointed. There really isn't much to really feel, except that this was the first game of the spring. You knew that there was definitely going to be some um some growing pains so to speak. And the res- the results are what they are. You know, and you know you have a lot of uh, you know a lot of guys who are just trying to get the timing down for the start of the regular season, plus it's to your pitcher, like get the mechanics down in order as well as, you know, get the conditioning up and so forth. So I feel like Given that it was supposed game of, um, of the of the spring training schedule, and that it was Yankees Red Sox the usual whole uh, lot but it's spring training, so I don't think there is any reason to be alarmed or to to to, be, to get will to become uh, like overzealous or anything like that, but rather. Th- just take the positive and take like take whatever lessons that you're able to draw from the um, based on what you saw from the Yankees yesterday, and we'll we'll see what happens um, come over the next uh, couple of days, and, you know. And, and as a matter of fact, they're playing right now as we speak. They're actually playing in Tampa Bay against the um, against the Tampa Bay um, Tampa Bay Rays in, in Port Charlotte, as we
0: speak, which is not televised on. Yes, tomorrow it will be the first game televised. On yes. The first game to be televised on yes. Correct. Galeva Torres with that bomb yesterday. Man, would a rookie like that who hit 24 home runs last season, didn't really play a full season, but if you give him a full season, he's got the potential to hit 27 to 30 home runs. Or maybe more, but I say, I still say 30 maximum. Maximum average, you know. Good second baseman. He's he looks like he could be a future Gold Glover if he keeps, you know, if he improves. And Brian Cashman struck gold with him. I mean, there's there's no other way to put it.
1: Absolutely. But
0: what are your thoughts?
1: Well, with, with the peak and the 2016 I was Chapman trade, and for, that was truly really one of the most impressive yet. Eye-opening trades that he made at that time, knowing that the Yankees were not good enough in 2016 to compete for a postseason spot, which obviously became the case. But what he knew was that the Yankees needed that that they needed that 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 prospect, that top prospect that the, that the Cubs had in in David Torres, and especially given that. That second base spot it usually is filled by H- Javier Baez, who's become a set of his own right like in Chicago. It was it was only right that the Yankees would end up getting him at the right time. So it's impressive that when, when you when you look back on it, how it all worked out just exactly on the way that it was supposed to work out.
0: Yeah, well, that is true. That is very true. And I'll say it again: Cashman struck gold. <laughs> Now, the whole base of this episode is really to talk about Ellsbury and the rest of the outfield situation, which we will start talking, start off talking about Ellsbury and his albatross contract and his obvious surprise like always every year. What do you expect? And we'll always, and we'll, right now, break down the outfield situation, how many outfields we got, which I will tell you, we have six right now. But to start off from here on that, are you ready to hear the surprising, not surprising news about Ellsbury? I mean, is it a surprise to you or are you just going to be like, okay, it's normal, let me get a cup of coffee from Starbucks, any coffee shop, and just say, yeah, okay, I expected that.
1: My, my reaction really is just, a uh, oh, I'm at this point. Because, I mean, anything and everything in Ellsbury doesn't no longer surprise me anymore. But please, do tell. So the
0: 150, $153 million man in Jacoby Ellsbury, he's got injured way before spring training started. Keep <laughs> silence. Think about it. Let him marinate. Just like marinara sauce on pasta. You're making me hungry. <laughs> There's no other way I can do it, right? We're going to add some uh, entertainment, informative stuff. And also, before I get into it, I have to give a big shout-out to uh, Ricky L. For the intro and the outro that he did for us. Also, check F. out check out his um, his podcast, his talk show, Pain Trade Pop, uh, Pipe Bomb,
1: which... Mm-hmm.
0: It's very cool. It's
1: AS Thursday, AS Thursday night. Um, around, around usually starts around like what seven, seven o'clock. Seven, seven o'clock. Yeah, around, around around seven o'clock. Yeah, he, he's also, um, I think he's further say the producer as well. Yeah. So, so like definitely, definitely gets a um, definitely gets on credit for, where he absolutely deserves it. And yes. Definitely check out his his, his um his podcast, the show. Actually, which runs Thursday nights, beginning around seven o'clock. You can you can watch it on Facebook Live, and and, and and other platforms as well.
0: And I will also like to give another shout out and tell everyone that we do have a third person part of this podcast who is also a fellow admin in uh, 161st Street Murderers Row, a Facebook group that I have on Facebook, which is the Yankees group. Nick Adams, and we'll soon get him in here. He's got a very busy schedule the guy's he's a powerful personality <laughs> he uh he kicks ass. I know him personally, one of my good friends and nonetheless, back to what we were saying next two years, the final two years actually the final three years of bellsberg's contract is all right twenty one million one hundred and forty two thousand eight hundred and fifty seven dollars right but here's the catch on this the luxury tax salary is twenty one million eight hundred and fifty seven thousand one hundred and forty three dollars so if the Yankees were to trade a very unproductive guy oh I'm not gonna lie he has the potential but it, it never shows I mean this is just like watching paint dry hoping that it'll be perfect within 24 Mm -hmm. hours no that's not going to happen it's still going to be wet in this case he's a broken down man who is 35 years old concussion issues leg issues injury issues in general now in order for the Yankees to trade him they would have to eat some of his salary now it doesn't look like that's going to happen at all now to talk about our death chart you ready for this shoe I have the death chart in front of my face thanks to my uh, amazing girlfriend, Danielle, who let me use her MacBook Air. We have Brett Gardner, Aaron Hick, Aaron Judge, in which I'm going the order of left, center, and right. Just like they do in the Bleacher Creatures, which actually starts from center to left, then to right. But I'll continue. John Carlos Stanton, Cliff Fraser and Tyler Wade. Surprising you see Tyler Wade on the outfield as far as the depth, right?
1: Surprise, but I think at this point in spring training, or even at this point since terms Tyler Wade's development, I mean, it's only fair you that he has that chance, you know, to, to see, to demonstrate and show what he can do um, if he were to crack this 25-man roster. So I, so I think if you're the Yankees, it's absolutely wise and very smart to um to absolutely have him in camp as just like you did last spring training see what see what you have and then go from there
0: yeah and he is also part of the, the death of second base and third base but nonetheless we got six outfielders mm-hmm. well you can put an asterisk to it because maybe Tyler Wade won't be a part of the outfield Bearing, if there is injury, he might have to step in. But it looks like he's a utility fielder, outfielder in general. But right field, that's going to be locked down between Aaron Judge and some some Giancarlo Stanton play, which Giancarlo Stanton is actually the number one DH guy right now as we look with Sanchez. Sanchez is guarding catcher. And then behind that is Roman and then Higashioka. But we're going to talk about the outfield. Now, Clay Frazier played a good game yesterday. What do you think? He did.
1: And I I thought that, you know, for for a guy who coming into spring training had a lot to prove, he played pretty well. And listen, we all know that the Tours have always been there. He's always had that great bat speed and a great glove in the outfield, a good arm. But. It's a matter of being able to stay healthy and be consistent, and I think he will. And this is going to be an important year for him because, as we all as we all know, that his, his struggle with the concussion that he suffered from last year, spring training lingered all all, seat, all throughout the season. So it really forced the Yankees to to really make a um, to, to make a decision whether if they was going to keep the guy or even go after Bryce Harper at all. And luckily they decided to just wait it out, be patient, see what they have in Fraser. Now it's time for him to show what he can do.
0: Whoa, patience. Whoa. That is something a lot of us Yankee fans are not used to. Right. Including uh you know i I mean I'm sorry I gotta go off the subject here, but uh if you're not if you're not gonna be patient I hate to say this, but uh it's the truth. You're yeah, acting like a Rangers fan, like a New York Rangers fan. But I'm not going to – I digress. I am not going to go there. Sorry. You know, we had some of the – we had that news of Matthew Guerrero being traded. But uh this is not the podcast for it, so I'm not going to get into it, even though I want to. But anyways, yes, and I do agree. Clint Fraser actually has that potential, another steal from gold that Brian Cashman has did. And the Andrew Miller deal if you remember 2016 mm-hmm. that amazing trade deadline within 48 hours he rebuilt the farm system got us the best prospects he can get us and into a freaking productive dominant team within two years I do say dominant because the Yankees can be dominant they can be very dominant we saw it in 2017 which you know I thought they were going to be a freaking wild card team. I never expected them to take the, they could be, I never expected them to be within game seven, one game closer to the World Series, if they would have pushed past Houston. 2018, hmm, you know, once we got Stanton, that was just like, okay, the World Series a bust, but we didn't get there. But I gotta say, yeah, we're pretty secure with the outfield. Actually, we don't need a Bryce Harper. It would be nice to have him, but we really don't need him. Clint Frazier, I think, stays healthy. He's gonna he's gonna be amazing. He is gonna be amazing. Guy has an arm. He has a bat. His bat speed, is just like the snap of a whip. He just snaps it. He just snaps it. Snap! 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 Aaron Hicks, another one. Struck gold. But after this year, he is also going to be a free agent. Well, he is going to be a free agent. Clint Frazier is not. Mm-hmm. He's still signed to that entry deal. And did you hear what, uh, Aaron Hicks has said, uh, last night when asked about falling short? Did you see that?
1: I, I did. And he mentioned that he, that he hasn't gotten over the loss to the Red Sox and ALDS. And, and uh, an and entire Yankee organization shouldn't have gotten over it. Sh- it should be used as fuel to catapult them into this season. As for what the expectation is for the Yankees, so that's always a good thing to hear And one of your best players and, and one of one of your your leaders in your ball club to, to say that to so use that as fuel for for motivation and fire to uh, to do better this season and. And, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. It should be interesting that listen, the Yankee Red Sox um, teams from last season to this season, listen, they're not going anywhere. These two te- these are two of the top teams in the American League, and you have to find any edge you can possibly can get in order to to be the Red Sox as not only division champions but also as the World series champions as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. We have, we just have to find ways. And you know what? Honestly, like I said in the first episode, in the 2019 Yankees preview, I think we're a better team. But to add on, I will read you what Aaron Hicks said yesterday when asked weeks later the Red Sox won their ninth World Series. Here I quote Aaron Hicks, I want to win a World Series. Hicks continued, I'm tired of losing. We have came so close, but I'm tired of saying we came close. There's no room for second place. Aaron Hicks just pretty much said there is no room for second place. Nobody is ever happy about second place. It's either you get gold or you get nothing. It's like going into the Olympics. You don't go to win a bronze medal. You go to freaking win a gold medal. And if you're in the MLB, you go on, and your mission is to win a World Series. Am I right or wrong? Absolutely. Yeah. And on top of that, Brett Gardner has been asked about the 10-year World Series drought. He said he he lost more sleep than anybody on it right now. There's only two players left of this 2009 World Series team. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a bad thing. that's a bad thing and Garner, that's it.
0: And that's it. I mean, listen, if you're a New York sports fan, your only hope is the Yankees. Oh. You can't argue with me about it. Your only hope is the Yankees. I'll admit, and I'm gonna be open with everybody. I'm a Yankees fan first, then I'm a Rangers fan, then I'm a Giants fan. <clears throat> But your only hope right now to see a freaking championship back into the great city of New York is the Yankees. And if you're going to argue with me about it and you're going to be like, well, no, you're just being biased. No, it's the truth. Look at the roster. All right? The roster says it all. The stats say it all. And we had we had pretty much two postseasons in a row where we came close and sort of close. Aaron Judge let's start with him Aaron Judge is a starting right fielder since 2017 in that spring training let's look at his stats okay his 2018 stats which is last year he had 413 at bats 77 runs 115 hits 27 home runs 67 RBIs, six stolen bases and an average of 278 with an OPB of 392 and an OPS of 919. Okay?
1: Yeah.
0: And that was before he got injured. Well, that was because he got injured. John Carlos Stanton carried most of his offensive productivity when he was down. Now 2019, which was his breakout rookie year, 155 games, 542 at bats, 128 yeah. runs, 154 hits. 24 doubles, 3 triples, 52 home runs, 114 RBIs, 127 walks, 208 strikeouts, 9 stolen bases, only 4 times he's been caught stealing, an average of 284, OPB of 422, a slugging percentage of 627, an OPS of 1049. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Well, in terms of judge. My, my thing with Judge at this point is like, what, what can he do? Uh, what can he do in 2019 to get better from 2018? I mean, let, let, let's face it. With Judge, you know what you're going to get almost in a sense. That's guaranteed. And you hate, and you, there's no guarantees in baseball, and I know that. But what you've seen um, from Judge up to this point in his career is that he's going to give you at least 25 home runs. I mean, Sure, I mean, left my kid out, so he had 52 for God's sake, so um, in his rookie season, set the major rec- major baseball um, rookie record for home runs in the season. Okay. However, with that being said, yeah, that broken wrist that he had July in, in July after the All Star break really hurt him down the stretch. It, it, it really there's no difference if ands two ways about it. I think I think now. That we're seeing an Allen Judge that's healthy, can we expect a 2017 or at least close to a 2017 version of it? Absolutely, absolutely. Which is why I think he is going to be absolutely so critical and so key to the Yankees offensively in 2019 than, than what what what, what people realize. But also, let's not forget about John Paul Stanton.
0: No, let's not forget about him.
1: He he's going into year two in the American League, which which means that he should be a lot more comfortable with with pitching around the American League and as well as playing in New York, which could only mean which could only bode well for him. Yeah. So I think really, from two of your two of your biggest home run hitters in that lineup, in Judge and Stanton, I think I think it's fair enough that you could expect more out of them. And what's crazy is that Stanton had a considerable "Quote unquote down year, hitting only thirty eight home runs and a hundred runs out of in. What does that tell you?
0: Okay, so he had a down year, his career down year, uh, quote unquote career down year. But I think he had an no pre- he had a very impressive year for the Yankees as a as a Yankee debut, with everyone booing him and not being patient. And you got to remember, Yankee fans." We already saw what John Carlos Stanton can do in pinstripes, and you know what, I think he can handle the pressure of New York. Because when he was going through his slumps, and I told every Yankee fan this, that was booing the shit out of him. Didn't I say this from the start too, shoe? right when we got John Carlos Stanton. Eight years in Miami, not one year in the playoffs, most of the time in warm weather. Correct.
1: Correct. All
0: right. Now, when you transition to a new city, a new league, and bipolar weather, there's going to be time for adjustments. There's going to be time for adjustments. But nonetheless, he's dangerous, and he can be on his game. And you know what? He's one of the one guys that I have seen in a long time that's a prize guy. The shiny new toy just comes in and just didn't let the city get to him. Instead, he embraced it, right? Yeah. So between Judge... And that's huge. And that is huge. And between Judge and Stanton, what are we going to see combined? Home runs, RBIs, hits, all that good stuff. What do you Mm -hmm. think? What are you going to see combined? What do you think that you're going to see combined that can help you
1: I think for Aaron Judge, I'm going to split up two, Judge and Stanton. Judge, I think realistically we can see at least 75 to 40 home runs. Okay. I mean, realistically. I, I really believe that. i yeah. say 40. But for Judge, 40 home runs, 101 better than maybe 105, 106. Stanton, I expect to see 42, maybe 100, 104, and so forth. But ultimately, what I, what I really believe is that he will have an opportunity to improve upon what he did in 2018. The irony in all of this is that people really forget that playing indoors for half of your, half of your games of the season versus playing in the cold early April games in New York, there's an adjustment. There is an absolute adjustment you, you, you cannot deny. You just can't, and I feel like you he had it now. You should. I mean, he, I mean, he'll be tested again in one game. You start the season in New York in March next month, a month from now, and it'll still be it'll it'll still be chippy and breezy and so forth. So that'll be interesting. It'll be it'll be fun to watch, and I I really believe that ultimately he should be fine. He should be fine, and I think he, I think he'll continue to produce and be a lot more consistent than he was in 20, in 2018.
0: Now, I do with you. I honestly see them pretty both healthy, producing, and you know I I see like a good 30 plus home run from each, and if I don't see a 30 plus home runs from each, it, I guess 40 from one and 30 plus from the other. Now. As I'm looking on the computer right now, because I always, me and, me and you love to talk about stats. Me and you love to bring up stats. And if you're gonna argue with anybody about a player, it's important to bring up the stats. So, there's only two years, right, where John Carlos Stanton has had 37 home runs in a season. 2012 and 2014. But his higher, his highest career home runs, which he was almost to 60, the only Marlin to ever do it at the time when he was with the Marlins, was 2017, 59 home runs, the year that he became the NL MVP. And I still think that Judge got robbed that year of being the AL MVP. Let's be realistic. The stats say it all? Yeah. 2018, he hit 38 that's the norm for him that is the norm it was only one year that he has hit 40 or more home runs but honestly speaking we don't always have to see a home run with this team but guess what they are our juggernauts they are they are our like howitzers of the home run and judge and stand now we got Brett Gardner. Longest tenured Yankee in this roster as of now. Okay, let's talk about him. He still can run. He still can steal bases. He averages sixteen stolen bases a year, twelve home runs a year. Right. He's yeah. been a Yankee since two thousand seven. Which I I would also like to shout out two of my friends that seen him from his career, and Joe Dawson and Jason V which my friend Joe Dawson actually if you if you're friends with him on Facebook he can show you when he captured um Brett Gardner's first hit. But as far as Brett Gardner, right? Let's look at his stats. So, 2008 was his rookie year, right? 127 at bats, 42 games, yes. 18 runs, 29 hits, total bases of 38. Um, Five doubles, three triples, zero home runs, and RBI. He's a guy that can, you know, play small ball, so to speak. But he has some power. 13 stolen bases, an average of 228, OBP of uh, 283, a slugging percentage of 299, an OPS of 582. Okay? Yeah. The following year, 108 games. 248 at bats, 48 runs, right? 67 hits, 94 total bases, okay? 6 doubles, 6 triples, 3 home runs, right? 23 RBIs, 26 walks, okay? 40 strikeouts, 26 stolen bases. Okay, five times he was caught stealing, a 270 average, OBP of 345, slugging percentage of 379, OPS of 724, and so on. Ooh. And as far as the stolen bases, the next year he has 47, 49, 2012 was a bad year for him, then he goes back to 24, 20, 20, actually 24, 21, 20, 16, 23 and 16. Now, what do you expect out of Brett Gardner this year? I mean,
1: the, po- the power is still there. And, and funny enough, people think that over the last few years that the the power has diminished and that he's not the same player that he once was. Listen, he's still got speed. That has that has something that has to be the one thing that Yankees cannot forget. He still brings speed to the table. He can still push a butt down the third baseline and reach for 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 a butt single. He still has all of what made him such a such a great player in pain strikes for so long. But rather I think Gardner, if anything, still be a threat at the top of the lineup, possibly the bottom, maybe the number nine hitter, possibly. But if you're the Yankees, just wink of what happens when you have. and I'm not going I'm not sidetracking yes. to spring up at this point when you have a player like Aaron Hicks, you can bat him, you can hit him on leadoff and you can still have Brett Vaughn on batting nine. So you go from speed to to decent speed and still have power at the top of your lineup. So, in terms of Gardner, I think he I think he'll still about 30 bases this year. 30 bases? 15 home, about 30 bases, 15 home runs, about maybe 20 doubles. That's, I think that's more of a realistic expectation for him at this point, and at this stage of his career.
0: Okay. Now, if he does well, right? Which I think he'll do. But yeah. Okay. Now we have here, we have heard from a lot of fans, and you know we also seen a lot of beat writers like write about it, and it keeps swinging around. Do we trade Brett Gardner? Now I'm gonna ask. Now we're gonna do something different, right? Mm-hmm. You're gonna say yes explain why you're going to say no and explain why and i'll do the same thing now where do you want to start off
1: it's entirely up to you okay doesn't make it to me honestly
0: let's start off with yes now what is your yes reason to trade brett gardner it's still value
1: still to to any good lineup and let's say for example Yankees are still so interested in Corey Kluber Come midseason, come the trade deadline, and so forth. Yeah. Do you dangle a guy like Brett Gardner? Absolutely. Because you think about what we just talked about. He still has power, some power. He still has that great element of speed on the base pad. and he can still hit, he can still hit you good 15, 20 doubles per season. I think overall, in my honest opinion. You trade him because he still brings value to the table as a trade chip to any team that's looking to to punch a ticket to the to, to October. That'll be a reason why I would trade him. Because okay. of the speed and, and and his ability of the type of office that he can create on the base path still.
0: Now, I do agree with you, but I'll say this. And this is yes it's not only for like let's say a guy like Corey Kluber. Let's say the Giants wanted him. And they offer Madison Bumgarner. But because I say this, because a lot of Yankee fans and his name has been tied to the Yankees as far as rumors, okay? Madison Bumgarner. We can see, we already saw, you know, what he's capable of. We saw how he is in the playoffs. All right? But now I just have to say this. All right? Madison Bumgarner. I'm typing his name up. All right. Yeah. Um, I would only do that if he's healthy. Now, there is a little, a little controversy with him, alright? There's one six days ago from ESPN where he said he was joking about the opener refru- uh, refusal, which, you know, I wasn't really paying attention, but I've seen about it. Right. And apparently he was joking to Bruce Boschi about He absolutely refuses to pitch behind an opener. Now, an opener, okay? So, maybe he's talking about opening day, spring training. Don't know, but I'm not gonna get into that. I would only do that if he's healthy. I wouldn't mind having him, but we know the temper tantrums that we have. But if it's a guy for Corey Kluber, I wouldn't mind doing it, especially if it pushes us to the playoffs. You know, you can never have too much pitching and you can never have too much depth at all. But with the way that this outfield looks, it's like someone, says, someone is going to have to be shipped out. And... Yeah. If you got to give up something. You've got to give Sorry. up something to get something.
1: Exactly. You right out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah,
0: you do. Now, for no, this is why I say no. He's that veteran clubhouse guy that you need. He is. I mean, he's not... He's not taking up so much money. He still can produce. We saw it. And he can be a good bench guy in the playoffs when needed. You know, he's, one of,
1: in the, he's one of my favorites. Especially what we saw in the 2017 American League Division Series against the Indians. Yeah. As an example.
0: Now, why do you
1: say no? My personal reason is that you need leaders like Gardner in the clubhouse where where The guys who have never been there, done that, they need that guidance, especially when it comes to October, winning it all in October. I mean, the only there's only two guys on on this current roster who will be on the all 25 man roster in October that has experience winning it all in 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 October, and that's Sebastian Gardner, that's it. And it's incredibly important in every sense that you need guys like that. That have that championship pedigree, and that, and, that, and that have won it all. And after all, it is Sebastian's final year. Yeah, those. I mean, you talk about clubhouse leader. Sebastian that other guy who, who is so revered and respected in that clubhouse that they understand what it's like to win the winner the World Series in New York, to 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 have, to experience all of the 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 accolades and the. And the and the the accolades and the joy of winning it at all, and I feel like you ha- you take that away from that clubhouse, you you're not strengthening the team because these young guys like Judge, like Torres, Andujar, Frazier, they need that kind of leadership presence in that clubhouse. So that's why I personally wouldn't trade Gardner, even if the opportunity arose to get a to, to get a top tier player, especially a spotting pitcher at that.
0: I wouldn't do it either. Every reason you just said, I I I have to agree. But the price was if the price is right, I wouldn't mind doing it. Now to the next outfielder, Tyler Wade. Well, I was sixth outfielder actually. Let me say, Tyler Wade. All right, let's look at him. Tyler Wade, Mm -hmm. age 24, really naturally a shortstop. He's really he was really the guy that you know was. Projected to be our starting shortstop at one point. If you remember Brian Cashman and every Yankee report saying that. If it wasn't Glaver Torres taking second base. Yeah. Alright. So, 2017, he has 30 games, 58 at bats, 7 runs, 9 hits, a total bases of 13, 2 doubles, 2 RBIs. Five walks, nineteen strikeouts, one stolen base, one caught stealing, an average of 155, OBP of 222, slugging percentage of 224, OPS of 446, and the next year, all right? Yeah. Mhm. He played six more games, which was last year. 66 at bats, eight runs, 11 hits, total bases of 18, four doubles. One home mm-hmm. run, five RBIs, five walks, 23 strikeouts, one stolen base, not one chance, he was caught stealing, a 167 average, And OBP of 214, slugging percentage of 273, OPS of 487, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, I think it's a surprising move that he is a deaf option for, uh, right field and left field, as well as being a deaf option for second base and third base, which third base is manned by Andrew Hart, second base will be Torres, which looks like it could be a platoon of Torres and LeMahieu. Now, look, Tyler Wade is only young. He's only 24 years young, okay? The guy still has potential. I wouldn't give up on him yet. He's actually one of my favorite prospects, and one of—I mean, there's there's no other way to say it. He is going to play tomorrow versus Toronto. What position is he going to play? I do not know. And it's up to Aaron Boone to see what is he going to do. And he's a he's a switch hitter, at that. It says he bats left right. Let's see what he can do. Your thoughts?
1: There's a few things, a couple things rather. One. If anything, if you want to look at the the, the overall picture in terms of Tyler Wade, Tyler Wade is not a bad depth option to have, especially considering that what he what he can do and what he can bring to the table. He's a gap to gap hitter, too, and plus he brings speed. He brings speed into a lot of where where I feel like that's what you need if you're going to play the spacious out at Yankee Stadium. You have to, you you have to have speed. There's no if, ands or buts about it. And he has that. There's no harm, no foul there. And I feel like a guy like Tyler Wade, in particular, um, he is he is most certainly a, a proper player. That yes, he's been in the minor leagues for a little bit now. I really want to see what he can do at the major league le- level. Because remember, we all know that not every prospect will work out, but it also helps to see. Perhaps if he can become a trade chip for the Yankees down down the road, if if a need arises and they need to go into the trade market to uh, to to get a need that they need for the ball club, that's also the flip side of it as well. So it doesn't it doesn't hurt that he's on, that he's on the depth the depth chart for for for, for right field and even left field way that is. So I, I if I'm buying Cashman. I think it's smart. Because it's, I mean, because one, it's spring training now. You want to be able to see, perhaps, if there's a team out there that maybe likes him and wants to take a chance on him, that he can get regular on um, playing time. And and go from there, and maybe perhaps you can get something from him. Okay. You know, so you have to look at it on that on that forefront as well.
0: But you also have to look at it this way, man. since we do see him as, deaf for also second base and third base, right? You mentioned about He's trading. A silly him. Guy. Yes, right. Yeah. You mentioned about trading him. Mm-hmm. We we, we got to remember in this off season we lost Ronald Torres. for what reason I don't know. A good bench guy, a good depth guy, who pretty much proved that. Um, which honestly speaking was a shocker to me. I know yeah. it was probably a shocker too. Guy who was a fan favorite. When Didi went down one year, he took over well, and he did well. Wasn't exactly the power hitter, but he was the guy that can get you on base, steal you some bases, and can play the field well. Now you got to look at it this way. Is Lemayhew going to be the, you know, the long-term, so to speak, okay. to second base? Now, I should say this. That's Glaber Torres's position to lose, but he is also a shortstop, too. So Torres is naturally a shortstop, but he's by trade a second baseman. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you got death there. Now, would you really want to trade Tyler Wade? Because you got to remember, LeMahieu is signed for like two years. All right. Mm-hmm. Now I'm looking over here. Why? Well, not why, but I'm looking over here and trying to find like our trade target which I don't really find anything right now because I guess we don't have any trade targets in mind as of now as I look into the news section. Okay. Oh, I do have to say, the Red Sox did lose one of their key pieces in Hanley Ramirez on February 12th. He went to the Indians.
1: He's just find a mildly deal with the team, yes. Now, I saw that.
0: this is what I see interesting. That came off Pinstripe Alley. One of my favorite beat, uh you know, beat articles to read. And this is by their author, Kento Mazudo. Why the Yankees should have gone broke for this offseason. Okay, this has been the most polarizing Yankees offseason in recent memory. Critics have pointed to the non-signings of, their, of top-tier free agents Patrick Corbin, Manny Machado, and, let's face it, Bryce Harper, as proof that, that the Yankees brass... No longer prioritizes winning above all, whoa, 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 we don't prioritize winning above all now, do people forget those five titles within the the twentieth and the twenty first century was, was the nineties the twentieth century? Yes, it was the twentieth century right mm-hmm. okay yeah. so ninety six ninety eight ninety nine and two titles. In the 21st century, once we hit 2000. Right. We won with a core. With a core group of guys. We didn't always have to sign the prize free agents. Everybody forgets that. Not to say that we don't prioritize winning. Okay, let's look at it this way. Severino just got signed to an extension for four years. Avoiding. 49. Yes. Avoiding arbitration. Within two years or so, Judge and, um, and Sanchez are, are due for new contracts. Now if you pay a guy like Bryce Harper 300 million, 10 years, history proves it. 10 year contracts do not work out. When you're 26, we've seen it a lot. I mean, I could pull up a list. You can pull up a list and we can, we can leave it for the next episode. By the way, right now the Yankees are leading 3-0, bottom, bottom of the third. One run in the first inning, two runs in the second inning. Looking at this, looking at this depth chart, we really don't need, we don't need a prize free agent. We don't. Our trouble was getting on base. We got guys that can hit us to base, to get on base. So, I mean, let's look at it this way. The Padres got Manny Machado for 10 years. By the time he's 36, his contract is gonna end. If, well, let's just say this. Let's see how that works out. But I think we got a good team. We have a good team in general, and starting March 28th, we'll see on Game One of 162. Mm-hmm. We got a good outfield. Do you think we got a better outfield now, or it's the same? Honestly, I think I think it's the same. I mean,
1: we we have a good outfield where we have arms. Hicks got one of the best arms in baseball in center field. Is not the best arm, Judge. As as much as much as he's become known for his home run hitting exploits, for my God, what an arm he has in right field! His
0: defense is underrated. It's,
1: it's, it's very very underrated defensively, and it wouldn't surprise me if one of these days, one of these years, he wins to go, It's not for some guy in Boston. him in Boston, being lucky best so I think our outfield as a collective unit could really compete with some of the better outfields around around the American League, if not in all of Major League Baseball. And that does include the Red Sox outfield, which is which is pretty tremendous in terms of, in terms of defense with the killer bees that they have in, in terms of Andrew Benatendi, Jackie Bradley Jr., and Mookie Betts, who's, by the way, the reigning American League MVP.
0: You know what? Honestly speaking, you know what I'm gonna say? We've gotten better. Alright? The outfield's the same, but we gotten better. You know why? And do you want me to tell you why? Because based on what we read in both Gardner and Hicks and seeing the press uh the press conference of um the attitude's different. The attitude's different. And everyone is sick of failure here. As a Yankees fan, making the playoffs Having two good postseason appearances, but falling short on, short on both. That's not success to us. If you're a Yankees fan, what is success to you? October and the World Series. Yeah. And taking the World Series. Something we haven't done in 10 years. Mm-hmm. And in the back of everyone's head is holy shit, it's been 10 years since the World Series was brought back to the Bronx where it actually belongs. When it comes to baseball, what is the first team? Now, let's speak like non-Yankee fans. What is the first team you think of as the epitome of baseball when you talk about baseball? That's a tough one.
1: I mean, you, you think of the Yankees, because so the Yankees are the history of Major League Baseball. And when you look at... Even like throughout throughout the Yankees' illustrious history, um, even going back to the days of, especially the old days of the, the old Yankee Stadium, the first version, like it really seemingly was like the World Series ran through the Bronx, ran through New York every single year. I I'm not talking about the last Yankee dynasty we had, I'm talking about even going back to the Ruth Garrett day, Gerald Combs, the Bob Muscles of the world, the, those teams. And it, it's Roe. I, exactly like I feel like the Yankees really do epitomize fake major league baseball in terms of its history, in terms of what it's been able to accomplish now almost for almost a hundred years and it's it really is quite it's quite remarkable even now i mean it, it has withstood the test of time
0: 27 titles 40 al pennants 18 division titles and seven wild card bursts it don't get it doesn't get better than that it doesn't get better than that yeah nicknamed the Bronx bomber the yanks the pinstripers the Bronx zoo the evil empire and murderers row honestly speaking if you put on that pinstripe you are wearing history and tradition and what is history and t- tradition to the Yankees? October in the World Series. Guys, that'll be the end of this episode. Hope you all enjoyed. And as I like to say with our slogan, you'll be making a mistake not listening to us. I, your host, Wesley Segundo, and my co-host, Shukri Wright, would love for you all to have a wonderful day, rock your pinstripes, and blast your Yankees pride out there. We are the epitome of baseball since 1903. You?
1: We are the pride and joy of Major League Baseball and City of New York, the New York Yankees. And hopefully everybody has a wonderful Sunday. It's time time to play, it's time to to play too, as the late Ernie Banks Hall of Famer once said.
0: It's time to say bye, and episode three will be out next week. Stay tuned and keep listening to us, and we love your support to all those who listen to us, whether you're, you're in your car your phones, your radio, your iPad, whatever it is. Hope you all enjoyed this podcast. And I will be at the stadium March 30th and March 31st, Section 203. Your co-hosts, Wesley and Shu are out, and let's go Yankees.
1: This was another episode of 161 Murderer's Row Pod.
0: Thank you for joining us. Please join us once again with your hosts, Shukri Writes and Wesley Segundo. This show was produced by Ricky Lewinkiewicz of Pain Train Pipe Bomb. Please join us once again for another episode of 161 Murderer's Row Pod. See ya!